Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with, I believe, the final episode of Views from the Porch, joined with J.D. Rogers. Yep. And Mrs. Laura Eldridge. What's up? And today, hey, y'all. we're doing something a little <laughs> bit different. Can I introduce it? Sure. 20, it's the last one. 20 questions in 20 minutes or left to end 2020. I just threw a Q&A about what we should cover, and we can't cover all of these. So I think we were thinking like, man, let's cover as many of these as we can in 20 minutes or less. And uh, and this is from you guys on Instagram. I put out just a, a Q&A. Hey, what, what should we cover? And this is what you responded with. This will be fun. Mm-hmm. Could you keep a count on the ones I do? Sure. Okay. Let me set a clock for 20 minutes. Are you ready, David? I'm ready. Okay. The people want to know. In five, four, three, two, one. This feels intense. 20 minutes has started. Okay. All right. Life advice for a person about to enter their 20s and how to make the most of that season. And I think this can relate to anyone currently in their 20s. Yep. Go listen to the first message of the year from last year, Roaring 20s, part one, who you'll be in 10 years. 80% of the decisions that you're going to make about where you're going to live, who you're going to marry, just your life is going to be shaped dramatically by the age of 35. So you want to make sure that in this season, you work on your character, you get plugged into a local church, you go all in with Jesus, you address the areas of your character, whether it's addictions or whether it's, we would call them quote unquote struggles or tendencies or things that are dysfunctional. And I would radically work on those things. I would get healthy and get solid in your faith before you date. I'd be plugged into a local church. I would spend time in God's word and take advantage of this season that is unique. Boom. Good. Good. Why is it rare to come across a Christian man that wants to wait until marriage Mm. sexually? Oh, um, because a lot of people who claim to be Christians are not actually Christians. Yeah. So a lot of men that claim that. Ooh. And a lot of uh, people have uh, a bad understanding of why God created sex. The context for sex is to be within marriage. God wants sizzling, amazing, hot sex. He created it, but he wants it to take place in the context of marriage because there's a purpose to bond and glue people together. So guys and girls be ignorant as it relates to why sex exists. And a lot of people are not actually following Jesus if you're dating somebody who wants to push the line sexually, they're not following Jesus. They're at least not following Jesus in that aspect of their life. And I would have questions and be confused how they could be following him radically in any direction if that's something they're doing. Boom. Okay. How to know that I can hear from God? Um, can you actually hear from God? John Piper, when he was at the porch, he said something that was so powerful and it's been repeated. I even heard you say it recently. Oh. If you want to hear God speak, open your Bible, oh, yeah, read yeah. it out loud. And um, Piper's uh, pastor, teacher, incredible mind, incredible gift to the church. But that's one way that you can know. If you are feeling something, sensing something, and it contradicts what you see in the Bible, that's not from God. The scriptures even tell us to test the spirits. It tells us to be in tune with what does God's word say and hold everything up to the lens of the Bible. So anything that contradicts it is not from the Lord. Anything else I would just have a, uh, it may be from the Lord and it may not be. If you're like, I feel like God's telling me I need to go to Chick-fil-A for lunch. Nothing in the Bible contradicts that. Is God telling you to go to Chick-fil-A for lunch? I don't know. Maybe. I would have the humility to say, hey, I think God may be leading me. The Spirit may be encouraging me to go to Chick-fil-A so that I can share the gospel. Whether he calls you to go to Chick-fil-A or Whataburger or wherever, 
He is calling you to be a light and to share the gospel and to share the good news wherever you go. So that's clear in scripture. And I would hold loosely everything else and not do the dating God told me to marry you. That's just my 2%. Okay. Is, tell me about the importance of serving in church. Is it important? Totally important or very important. God made you with gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14 lays out that each of us have been equipped and been given spiritual gifts, been wired in certain ways, and we are, as members of Christ, to use those gifts to serve and develop and serve one another inside of the body. So God may have made you artistic and given you creative gifts that he wants you to use to help people be reached for Christ, to encourage the uh, uh, fellow believers that you have or other people to use the way that God made you. Others of you are gifted at, at math. And there are so many people, I mean, in Dallas in particular, that they need tutoring and there's opportunities. You're, if you're an accountant, you're going, man, how can God use me? The number of students that are in bad environments in terms of education and bad environments in terms of their home life that could use people to come along and mentor them, tutor them, develop them, and also share Christ with them is extraordinary. So use whatever gifts that God has given you. Without it, you uh, it's like this. The Dead Sea is dead because it only takes in water. It never releases water. In other words, there's an ocean. It's over in the Middle East, and it never there's no place for water to escape. Water only comes in there which means that it's filled with salt because nothing ever lives, water evaporates, gets just salty. The principle being, if you only take in and you never pour out, you die. If I only breathe in oxygen, I never breathe out, you die. You were made not to breathe in, but to breathe out. Go look up 1 Peter 4.10, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12. There's, it's all over the scriptures. Boom. That's good. All right. When to ask your significant other to do merge? Mm. Can I get a time check real quick? What's merge, by the way? Merge is Watermark's premarital ministry. You're at 15 minutes. Fift- oh, Le- wow. Left. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think whenever you guys are at a place where you're going, hey, we're both committed to one another. We've dated well. We're both individually healthy and pursuing Christ in our own relationships. Community. Song of Solomon talks about how those in their life looked on and they said, man, their love is better than wine. We celebrate it. People in your life are encouraging it and hoping or encouraging you to take those next steps. And when you process with them, like, hey, they seem to be the type of girl, the guy that I could end up marrying and have the character and the qualities God says I should look for in a spouse. When all of those are happening, dude, pull the trigger. Listen, we've had this joke recently that Colby and I collectively, my husband, have we've gone through merge five times. Really? Yeah. Wow. He went through three, had a broken engagement, and and had some people love him well enough to say, like, bro, you should not get married right now. And he's like, okay. And then I went through, broke up, and then here we are. And sooner the better. They say 30% of merged people break up. Yeah. But don't be scared. It's okay. Don't God's, be scared. God's got you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. How to spread the gospel at work? In question, is our testimony or simply our behavior and how we you know, live at work enough in a work setting? Uh, yes. I think it is important. It's, it's Titus chapter 2 says that you and I are to serve our unbelieving bosses and our believing bosses in such a way that we make everything about the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ attractive. That's Titus chapter two. So every opportunity um, or, or every day at work is an opportunity with the way that we're excellent, we're on time, we keep our word, we own our mistakes. The way that we interact with people is an opportunity to make the gospel or the teachings of Jesus to make our faith more attractive to people. In other words, man, if you are someone who is uh, late, is never on time, gossips at work, doesn't own your mistakes, you're not gonna make people say, man, there's something different about that girl or that guy, and I wanna know what it is. So at work is a, is an 
opportunity with the way that we work to showcase our faith. Also, that question was, how do I make the teaching or how do I share my faith at work? I would do so in a way that's humble. I would reflect on how, I mean, here's the way. Um, somebody's reflecting of how, man, COVID's been really hard on my family and we just can't go out and that's really challenging and just asking them like, how are they doing with all of that? And then at some point in the conversation, if they're sharing, you could share, and here's how I deal with that. When thing, life is hard and I feel like things are out of control and they're really challenging, it's my faith that anchors me or my relationship with Christ that allows me to endure despite things not going the way that I want them to. I don't know how I'd handle it without it. Do you happen to have a faith? Or do you have a belief or do you have a religion that you're a part of and you're in the conversation and boom. Okay. How to deal with parents divorcing and seeing other people. Uh, I think that the, it's hard. that is one is really hard. There's no perfect answer. Are they believers? Um, in Titus chapter two as well, it says, no, no, no. Is it Titus chapter? No. First Timothy chapter five says, do not rebuke an older man but encourage him as you would a father. The principle that we can take away there is as it relates to older men in general and also to our parents, because the scripture's clear on honoring your father and your mother. You want to do so in a way that's humble, in a way that if they're a fellow believer, you're asking them, hey, how did you get here? The scripture seems to indicate marriage is one man, one woman for life. Um, and just come alongside and encourage and honor them and humbly engage in that conversation and talk with them. If they're not a believer, then I think there's a bigger problem than their relationship with their spouse. They're out of relationship with their creator and their savior. And that's God's first priority for that person. Good. You're at 11 minutes. How many has he done? That's number seven. So this is eight. You're behind. Okay, go, 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 go. Okay. The self-love movement. Terrible. Don't (laughs) self-love. Don't. Don't do it. Don't love yourself? I, I, it depends on what you mean by that. If by that you mean, hey, I, I am going to just celebrate however, despite all the broken, we're all broken sinners. So if I just say, man, this is just who I am and I love myself and I love that uh, I'm really mean to people and I'm rude to people and I'm selfish and sometimes I'm codependent and sometimes I, I have too much to drink and sometimes I'm, I'm short with people at work and man, but I, I love myself. That self-actualization, all of that garbage is toxic. And that Christ says, you and I are to put to death the deeds of the flesh, pick up our cross every single day, crucify the sinful nature within us. And so I would look, I would take your eyes off yourself and put them on other people and outdo one another in showing honor. I would be Philippians 2 minded, which is consider the other, the interests of other people, this is in Philippians 2, more significant than myself and have the mind of Christ. So I would focus 10 times more on other love than on self-love. Good. Okay, what should Christians talk about on a date? Uh, where they're from, where they work, where they go to church, their story, what they like to do. Just keep it chill, bro. Don't be so intense that you're naming your 12 kids already and walking through like, how do you feel about the name Jedediah and Nehemiah? And, and don't be intense, be intentional and use the time well, but also just have try to make it an easy conversation and um, walk through that. Boom. Ask them about things they like. Try to connect with them. Ask them about things they like. Try to mm-hmm. connect. See the ring size. Just kidding. Uh, Are we at nine? We're, that was nine. Nine and da- ten minutes? Dating, this. dating people who have done things like cheating in the past, but they have repented. Should I be like nervous? Should I, you know, like, should I yeah, worry I mean, about y- that? Uh, you should be cautious with anybody that you're willing to give your heart to, whether they've cheated on somebody in the past or just in general, because every person is a sinner capable of anything. But 
if someone has had a, a life change and they've come to faith in Christ and they've repented and they're living in community and they want to honor God with the way that they date, I wouldn't be unwilling to extend grace to that person. And hopefully, like here's the problem with people who talk about cheating is a lot of times they're like, man, he cheated on me and he was only supposed to have sex with me and he slept with this other girl. Man, you got you got problems in so many different levels and layers because you guys shouldn't be having sex together and your biggest frustration shouldn't be that he had sex with somebody else and they're almost, uh, they're reflecting the fact that they're not healthy enough and in any dating relationship, the uh, you are going to attract somebody who is as healthy as you are. So if you're willing to tolerate somebody who's cheating or willing to cheat or has recently cheated on somebody, you are not in a healthy place. So you should not date and neither sh- and you shouldn't date that person. Boom. Okay, how did you outreach in America when everyone seems to slash says they're a Christian? I think don't assume everyone is a Christian just because they say that they're a Christian. Ask them what they mean by that. Um, you know, one of the most common things down front by the stage, people come down, yeah, I'm a Christian. I was raised Catholic. I was raised in church. And you just ask the question, what does it mean to be a Christian? It means you go to church, read your Bible, try to be a good person, try to, you know, have God in your life. That is not what it means to be a Christian. So immediately... Uh, down front of the porch on Tuesday or just in general, we walk through a Christian is not somebody who tries to live a good life. It's somebody who says, man, I can't be good on my own. Jesus, I need a savior. And I'm trusting what he did on the cross for my sin. He died for me. He paid for everything I've ever done only because of what he did. Can I have a relationship with God and spend eternity with God? Boom. Ask the questions. Do you think you're going to go to heaven? How sure are you? Why or why not? Their answers are going to reveal a lot. If it starts with, I do this, I'm pretty good then they're probably not trusting. So that's a good way to kind of diagnose, but only God can truly know. Okay. Finding your spiritual gift slash Christ-centered life choices. Let's just do the spiritual gifts one. How does someone know their spiritual gift? Yeah, there is, there's actually assessments. I don't, here's my, here's my hot take. There's not a clear, there's no test in scripture. It lays out some of the spiritual gifts, some of the places it talks about it, Ephesians chapter four, Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It doesn't make abundantly clear how you can um, have clarity on those. There's spiritual gift assessment tests that you can go just type into Google. I think Watermark has one actually on our website, watermark.org. Go there, type in search bar, spiritual gift assessment. But I think if people are affirming it, like it gives you life, um, and other people are like, man, you're really good at the gift of teaching or service or hospitality or of leadership. Um, There should be some other group of people, other believers in your life that are affirming that gift and its presence within there. But there's also tests that you can you can go to and take. And sometimes you just got to be willing to just serve the church and, and figure it out. Like yeah. you might not learn it right away. Totally. Okay. Six minutes and 30 seconds. How many are you at, Laura? That was 11. No. Free will versus pre- predestination. Calvinism versus Arminianism. Oh, wait, Which wait. I need to ask you. I think I lost count. Which one are you? Uh, uh, I'm a biblicist, not a Calvinist or an Arminianist. Um, You're a politician. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I think the scriptures, if you had to pin me down, they lean way more in the direction of Calvinism and that, hey, um, I didn't find God. God found me. When people say, I, you know, I found the Lord, man, scripture seems to indicate that it's God who drops the veil and God who found you. But at the same time, we are responsible for our decisions and there is free will that exists. Guys. Boom. Guys, I totally messed up this whole podcast. Uh, we may not be at 20. Oh, gosh. Laura. <laughs> Social media, how not to find your identity in it. We'll do five more. All right. Uh, man, I would, um, 
I would, if you find yourself finding your identity and the number of followers or you're up and down during the day based on how people respond to it, you probably should fast for social media for some time. Confess that to your community and walk alongside other people who may be able to help dig. There's something deeper there going on. But an immediate short-term lever would be like, man, I'm going to get off of this because I find who I am and my day goes well or poorly based on you know, how well I'm perceived online. Good. All right. Ways to pursue... Talk about famous Christians and false teachers. I think there's a lot of them out there. Um, and it's a weird time where uh, the biggest encouragement I would give is take everything that I say, JD says, Laura says, any any famous pastor or any famous band, Christian band and run it through the lens of scripture. Um, run through the songs that you know are popular on the radio or popular in Christian um, circles and run those through scripture. Like, is this something I can support with... with um, the Bible. If somebody says, man, God is just going to make your life happy, wealthy, healthy, wealthy, and wise, that is not biblical. That's not in the scripture. There's no evidence of that. So I would run everything through the lens of scripture. Three more. How many minutes do we have? What about soul ties, David? Emotional boundaries. Soul ties. Soul ties are a real thing because God created sex to be a bonding thing that glues you together. First Corinthians 6 says it, that God, that Paul literally says, hey, don't you know that whenever you have sex with somebody, you glue yourself to that person. So don't glue yourself to someone that God has not called you to. That is to happen in, in terms of marriage. The reason why people have soul ties is because they're real and God can heal and restore and work through any sexual sins from our past. But that's the danger of sex outside of the context of marriage. And intimacy happens in information sharing. So you can be really, really connected with someone because you've shared a lot of intimate details. Sure, sure. All right. Two more. Is it wrong to write New Year's resolutions like, no. biblically? Uh, man, I feel like that's like a, there's freedom in Christ. Okay. What about Enneagrams? Is there freedom there? Why is it so popular within Christianity and the church? Mm, JD loves Enneagram. So do you. Uh, I think it's a helpful tool. Me but too. you can put too much stake in it. I mean, I would say that if you take it to, if it becomes an, ex- like, let me say this. I'm a seven, which means I like change. I like things that are fast. I like making last minute decisions. I honestly thrive off of it. It's like when so somebody comes fun. in and and I, I don't thrive off of planning. I'm a verbal processor. But if I use those as an excuse to uh, be unloving or not sen- or insensitive to the preparation of the work of other people, which can really easily happen for me, then that is not having a Philippians 2 mindset. So I just wouldn't use any of the ways that, hey, this says how I'm wired. So, uh, um, you know, I just have to embrace that. Everything in our life has to be run through the lens of God is sanctifying. He wants to conform. He wants to change all of us and any parts of our personality in ways that, that we are currently that don't align with Christ, he wants to change. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put more emphasis on it than, than scripture. I'd say keep it a resource, not the source. Oh, put that on Instagram. He's about to. He's about to. Um, let's end with this one. Who would win in a rap battle, J.D. Rogers or David Marvin? Honestly, I think the answer is me. I'm not going to lie. Ah. All right. <laughs> let's do it right now. Ready? I can't. Oh, come on. I can't. Why not? Uh, that's just not a way to end All right. 20. You just folded. I <laughs> guess I just won. You did. <laughs> oh. His name is JD. He won't rap against me because he's angry <laughs> that we are sitting here ending 2020. And here we go. Honey, it's going to be great. I think he's got a date. Coming up, better not be a late. I'm telling you, boy, if you want to be sensed, then you got to know why did I say sensed? It doesn't make sense. I'm telling you it rinsed. 
Here we end oh. this podcast now, Jens. Wow. Sorry for I mean, my terrible beatboxing. Is that is that how we end this? Nah, <laughs> man. <laughs> I think, uh, man, what a fun year. We love you guys. Mm-hmm. A- anything, uh, anything else comes to mind? You know, I would just say the, la- the last thing. It's the end of Views from the Porch of 2020. And what would you say of how Christians Christians should be viewing 2021? Oh, man. I think um, as you look forward, the new year is always a good time, at least I know for me, to reflect on what, where do I need a reset? Um, whether that's in terms of Am I tracking in terms of my spiritual life, my time in God's word? What are some things that I I want to accomplish in 2021? How can I reflect on areas where I'm thankful for where God has been at work? And we all have things, no matter how hard this year was, we can be thankful. Even the fact that um, you're listening to this right now, you could say, man, I'm thankful I have AirPods or um, a phone or or the ability to, I I have hearing. How many people in the world will never hear anything? Um, so I just say that to reflect on just, man, God, thank you for this. And then as we look towards 2021, pray through, Hey, who do I want to be and who am I becoming and what do I need to make some shifts in and what coming out of a really hard year, do I need a reset? Like, I just need to go, man, I'm hitting a reset relationally. I'm hitting a reset my spiritual life. I'm hitting a reset in terms of this year. I want to spend more time doing X. I want to hit a reset and just sleep more or prioritize relationships that really matter more. I'm going to get plugged into a church and, um, and make those decisions. You won't regret them or you'll be glad that you did. So it's good stuff. Take us home, David. Hey, we love you guys. And, um, more importantly than that, Christ loves you. And hopefully this podcast, like other ones have been an encouragement to you. We're so excited for 2021 and, um, we will see you on the other side of the virtual ball dropping in New York because there's no gathering. But uh, we love you. As always, email us questions at info@theporch.live. We'll see you next week for 2021. Peace. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.